0: up a little more hey episode 200 that's a milestone we're probably really at like 210 but i'll take 200 man i've been on all 200 episodes which is crazy i never really wanted to do podcasting never even thought that people would care to listen to a nets podcast but look at the future here we are. All right. wild weekend for the Nets. Hit
1: it, Alex. Wait, 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 we're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk, Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn.
0: Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 200. Yeah. If we had like a soundboard, I'd do that. Eh, 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 eh. And then, like, the kids, like, yay, yeah, yay. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome in. Wild weekend for your Brooklyn Nets. Yo,
1: I, I haven't been here for a, a lot of that 200, but I, I, I feel like, um, you know, w- with the the vibes and, and the presence, I get to be the Mikhail Bridges. of... No, no, <laughs> just gonna be- hey.
0: I'm not, hey, we are, we are glad to have, have you. We appreciate your presence in Talking Nets. Hey, if you want to be Bridges, Brooklyn Bridges, I'm all for it. What a welcome addition both of you guys have been to our Nets world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it feels great to, to be at 200. Obviously, it's we've been back for a while uh, to the more standard form of Talking Nets, not forcing Keith to do it all on his own for a season. And uh, it's, it's been good. And the support from everybody watching the show and, and listening on you know, podcast apps has been absolutely unreal. It feels like despite, you know, all the turmoil in the Nets world, the community that we have here has always been like real solid. They've always been with us. It's been great. The little podcast that could, I swear, between the team
0: and all of the nonsense that has gone on with the team in four years since we started this podcast. And then just behind the scenes, all the changes and all the different things that I've gone through, that Hudson's gone through, and now Robin's a part of. Like to keep a podcast like this going from 2019 to now, there were at least five to ten times where I could have said, "I'm done. Fuck it. I work (laughs) more than that. Not doing it. More (laughs) honestly, more. There was plenty of times where I was like, "I don't. I don't know." But What I do know is that this team is worth it. This fan base is worth it. You hear me a lot of times say this Nets world has been built. And what I mean by that is what we're seeing right now, right? There are a lot of fans that jump ship. There are a lot of stands and NBA fans that unfollowed us or even left stupid comments on our Instagram or Twitter. And I'm glad we filtered them out. This is just a different vibe, a different energy, and a different feeling. Wild weekend for the Nets. You get an overtime win that shouldn't have been an overtime game, but it is what it is. We'll talk about it. We'll take it though, because second half of a back to back after you rested uh, your starters, you punted a game, and then it looked like a game that the Nets could win, but they were never going to win that game. So I just I want to clear that. You know, I know we we had the pod Thursday. I think going into that game, the Nets were never winning that game against the Bucs, whether Giannis played, whether whoever played. Whether they got more minutes, the whole thing was that the organization decided we can't beat the number one team in the East. We're going to rest, guys. Fine. But when you do that, you better come out and win the next game. And they got this close, literally this close, to losing both games in that back-to-back. They handle business. Then you go from uh, Minnesota to Denver and face Nikola Jokic, the MVP and the number one seed in the West. And you do hold on to beat them. You're fifth in the standings, and now everybody's looking at the Nets without Katie and Kyrie, like, maybe they did make the right decision. Maybe they do have something here. I know there's still some weirdo Nets fans that are talking about the offseason. I see all these twi- like tweets on Nets Twitter about, oh, in the offseason, who do you guys want? Maybe we should target this guy. I'm Josiah's got to go, Keith. He's got to get <laughs> fired. Yeah, Sean Marks coming back. Uh, I'm in this season, and I'm excited about what these guys could do the rest of this season. The never-know Nets, we didn't know. When the second half started, they lost four in a row. We're like I don't know. They might be cooked. But they fought. They figured it out. I'm not mad that Cam Thomas is on the bench because I root for the Nets. I want to see the Nets win. I want to see the Nets avoid the play-in tournament because if they do that, they've already done something that Katie and Kyrie didn't do last year. And if they win one game in this playoffs, they are already better than the 7-11 error from last season, the way that they went out. I'll let you guys go and give your initial thoughts.
1: Well, you know, it, it is funny when you think about everything that's transpired, right? The, the amount of content that we've gone through, the amount of changes that the team has gone through in just a year, it is pretty remarkable. Um, as far as where the team is at right now and the, the state of it, actually, Hudson, my, my kids are all leaving the house for my son's basketball practice. So why don't you take it while they exit and then I'll, I'll finish my thought. <laughs>
2: Awesome. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, I think first off, Keith making all those comments about how how frankly how low the the bar is for this Nets team to to be considered successful compared to the last the last couple years. I mean, when you think about it, we had one run, one run, and and Katie's you know extra size up shoe made it, so that didn't go. But other than that, it's it's first round exits. It's the bubble season. It's nothing really impressive. And this team, after getting blown up in the middle of the season, all of the, the stands and the, the fake fans jumping ship have proven not only to the fans, not only to the organization, but also I, I would have to imagine a little bit to themselves that they are a real comp- competitive contending basketball team. And that is not just something for them to be proud of, it's something for the fans to be proud of. And despite, like he said, there's a lot of people who are only looking ahead to the future and a lot of people on Twitter that still are, are, are lost in what could have been with the 7-11 era. The reality is this Nets team going forward is young. They're fun. They're in a great position to win. And not only is that winning something that's going to happen in the future, not only is it projected winning, but it's also winning that we are doing in real time. I know the uh, the Nuggets are on a skid right now, but we beat the number one team in the West. The T Wolves are a team that is fighting, fighting to get off of that bubble in the Western Conference, and we beat them. And we had a good showing with basically exclusively our Bucks or our bench players against the Bucks. This is a team that has gotten blown up and has won despite it all. And I, I know I don't want to you know raise a championship flag, put a banner up in the Barclays Center for seven and seven since the KD trade, but based on the reactions, based on what everyone said was the most colossal failure in NBA history, it is almost shocking, and you have to give credit to Jock Vaughn, Sean Marks, the whole organization, that the Nets have been able to get themselves to this point where not only are they succeeding on the court, but they have won back a lot of the
1: fans that they may have lost from blowing up the the previous era. What the hell? I'm going to go all in. As of now, the Nets won the trade. They won the trade. You know, it, things can change. It could be a win-win. If the Suns win a championship with KD, obviously that's a win for them, right? That's a win for them. But I don't see this being a loss for the Nets. And I'm sick and tired of the people who keep crying about KD and Kyrie. Stop. Stop crying about KD and Kyrie. You have a good thing going. I mean, when, when you talk about the offseason, the reason the offseason's relevant is because the Nets have the assets to make a move and maybe bring you know, another, another star player in. This offseason, if that's how they choose to do things, and be right back to contender status. But in the meantime, you, you got a team that that's fun to watch, fun to root for. They've been the best defense in the league for this six game stretch. Um, they they've got a, a budding superstar, perhaps in Mikhail Bridges. And I've tried to explain this to my um, friends, some of my friends on a, a text thread, my my SI coworkers, who keep giving me crap about this. And I'm like, you don't understand. You know, I enjoy rooting for and watching this team more than I ever did the KD Kyrie era team. Like, I I know there was supposed to be a championship contender and maybe that they, you know, would have won the year Harden got hurt and Kyrie got hurt and KD's foot was there. Maybe, you know, that should have been their year. But other than that, they were never actually sniffing title contention. And instead, it was a constant soap opera and a constant anxiety attack. You always had to, to deal with that. Like, what's the other shoe? The speaking of KD's shoe being short, when is Kyrie gonna put up a post that it's impossible to decipher? And once you actually decipher, you realize you know it, it has a terrible meaning or something. Wh- whatever the the point may be, KD getting hurt. You know, KD a- has averaged forty four games a season over the last three seasons while missing the first season he was here. So I- I'm I'm not crying about that anymore. And so I try to explain that to him. And, and here's a um uh, maybe a way I can hammer this home. And this is. Pr- because they went to the game with me uh, the first uh, the first game that Bridges and, and those guys played uh, Johnson and Bridges at least Denwitty had played the game before but it was at Barclays it was that Sixers game my kids went with, with me we sat with the, the brigade on block right and so they're in a they're in an area where people are cheering louder than, than other places but you get caught up in the vibe like I, I've now seen my youngest son chanting like defense and let's go Nets and he's not even two but the all old, older two, Raj and Ronnie, they stayed up and watched the entire overtime on Friday night. Raj asked, when's the next game? He watched that Nuggets game with me yesterday. We jump and we hug and celebrate when that shot doesn't go with 1.9 seconds left. They weren't doing that before. I don't know if it has I, I don't know if it's because it's like a, a new thing and a jumping off point and I've been like selling it to them. I don't know if it was that experience, but something about it just feels good. and and i am I am thrilled. I'm thrilled with the state of the team, the direction of the team and and even where the team is currently. and And I'm sick and tired of people crying about what was when what was wasn't anything
0: it It feels better. It fits better. It feels like this is more of the team Brooklyn should have, right? When you're watching Katie and Kyrie, it came with a lot of drama, a lot of pressure, and not enough results. To be honest with you, it was just like all of this national attention of this super team and all this other stuff around Katie and Kyrie. But where were the results on the floor? We didn't really do anything. Regular season wins in December. like What does it matter? Like at the end of the day, they they were all flash and little substance, right? Injuries and negative headlines and BS. This team fits more and you can get behind them more because it's a cast of guys that are good, that are talented, but not one or two guys that are going to dominate the ball, dominate all the people watching and all the conversation like Royce O'Neill can rise like uh, doe. Dorian Finney Smith can rise. What a pleasant surprise to watch some of these guys just come out of nowhere and hit shots and, and make rebounds and have a big game. It is a team. They're getting stops together. And I just feel like, you know, when you tell a story about your kids, yeah, it's a, it's a different group because when you're watching Katie and Kyrie, you almost know how it's supposed to end. One of those guys is going to have the ball. One of those guys is supposed to take the shot. With this team, you're on, your, on the edge of your seat. Like, what's going to happen next? Will they get this stop? Who's going to hit the three? And they have to buy into the togetherness. They have to buy into the team mentality. And for all of us that have played sports and – you know, watch sports growing up, that's what we're we're taught. And your kids are playing organized sports. There are no stars. They have to buy into the
2: fact that, like, to win, we have to win together. And I think we're getting that vibe from Brooklyn. Keith, now. and when we lose, we lose together. I think that's kind of an underrated point with this whole Nets team. The way the post-game press conferences would go, and not naming names, but certain players would just collapse with these losses, and it would be finger pointing and it would be blaming. And it would be, you know, people are ignoring the work I do behind the scenes. So why do you care about the, lo- the fact that when we lose, we can say, oh, well, we lost because we missed this shot, but we'll get get up and get ready for the next one. And when we lose, we're not losing because of injuries. We're not losing because players don't want to play because of a vaccine, because of anti-Semitic posts, because of none of that. So like, it's not even just the fact that we're winning, even when the, the going was tough at the, er, in the early era of when this new team got put together, even those wins I could, or those losses I could feel proud of just because we had a team that was losing for basketball related reasons. The bar is the floor when it comes to the emotional connection we have to the nets. And the fact that we have a team that is playing together now, I think is, is, is huge in wins and in losses.
1: Well, they're likable guys, right? I mean, they're likable guys who most of them have been around the league. And, and then, like I said, it's a good mix of, of certain things where you have Mikael Bridges, who I don't think anybody saw this. Like, we all hoped he was going to be good. You hear, oh, four first-round picks. I don't think anybody saw what this has been and the ascension that Bridges is on. He's has 26th game since he came to the Nets, 50-40-90 shooting while playing elite defense. And you can see him expanding his game like those off-the-dribble threes that he's taking more regularly. You know, So I, I, I don't know what his ceiling is yet. It's exciting to see him keep pushing that higher where you're like, oh, are we watching someone become a superstar in front of our eyes? Then you got a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie who sort of became a guy in Brooklyn, went around, bounced around, didn't really find that, that home in his back. And, and I know some fans are complaining about him at times. And, and, and he does pound the, the ball a little bit but he's also playmaking for this team down the stretch of games and six to
2: one assist to turnover ratio over his last four games
1: exactly it's clutch shots and he's setting up teammates for clutch shots Friday night he's the one who kicked it out to Bridges who hit the three I believe he kicked it out to to Finney Smith in the corner as well and yesterday's game he was picking on Jokic he, you know, he was he was orchestrating the offense to make sure that they were getting him in positions to attack him. So he's doing things like that. Then you got Cam Johnson, who's like sort of a clue guy. You got Royce O'Neal, who you mentioned, Keith, who was was here before, but it has really seemed to find a role with this current team. Even somebody like Joe Harris, who we've been very harsh on, but is playing spot minutes and is is doing what he's supposed to do in those. Spot Seth Curry
0: minutes. sucked, bro. All of a sudden, (laughs) Seth Curry is hitting shots, making plays in Denver. I'm like, what's going on? That's that's team. You're relying on the team. Joe Harris has sucked, but he was able to emerge. Think about the Knicks game. When Spencer Dinwiddie took all those shots and the Nets lose to the Knicks, I think the first time, we're like, what the hell is Spencer doing? And Spencer drives me crazy. He drives me nuts with the complaining to the refs every fucking play. Like, bro, get back on defense. Stop crying the whole game. But what I'll say is, He is a net that was with our former nets, our OG nets. I appreciate him taking a leadership role and figuring out what he has to do to help lead this team. I'm not mad at him. I can handle it. And I think he's going to get better as we get later in the season and head into a playoff series. Hopefully he'll stop crying. Hopefully he'll stop making so many mistakes. I know people wanted to kill him when the game went to overtime against the Timberwolves. But whatever they won, they are figuring
2: out how to win as a team. And someone we haven't mentioned, but we got to talk about Nick Claxton, yeah. who has shown, first off, that the narrative that, oh, he's sad, he's sad that the Stars left and he's not playing well, he dispelled that, threw that out completely. Him against the the Denver Nuggets was one of the most impressive performances, not only from him, but one of the most impressive performances I've seen just in the NBA this season, seeing him hit his free throws, which... I think people clown Nets fans for being like, "Oh well, it's amazing." Nick is hitting 67 percent of his free throws. It, that eliminates a Clax. <laughs> yeah, that's whatever. a big that improvement. Big improvement. He said he hit eight of nine shots. He got his rebounds. The Celtics series block. last year, how the season ended. Exactly. That's what he had to exactly. work on. He he is showing, uh, just he's showing everybody, Mitchell Robinson, I guess included, that he is. A, a budding star in this league, and despite all of the turmoil that has surrounded the Nets, he has been a consistent positive. He's been a consistent positive, and he has shown that he is not only a good defensive player, but his offensive
1: game is really blossoming as well, and it's amazing to see. You know, before, the the previous incarnation of the team, you always knew where it was eventually headed. Right? Like it, it was it was pretty clear it was headed for a crash landing. You were just hoping beyond hope, you know, that you could write the 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 ship and, and get on the tarmac one time before that you know it, it eventually didn't take off again. Now there's a present and a future. When you talk about the future, you're talking about all the draft picks that they have, the, the movable salaries that they have, the the players that have value for other teams that they have. When you're talking and, and the, the potential growth of bridges, when you're talking about the present. You know, okay, they won five out of six games. They're the best defense over those six games. They got a good group. They're, knock on, um, I guess this is glass in front of me, but knock on that, they are very, very unlikely to fall into the play-in now. I think they're four losses ahead of Miami in the, the loss column. Uh, the Hawks lost this weekend, too. I think they're still technically ahead of the Knicks now. And we were just talking about the rough part of their schedule. They're almost through that. I mean, they're they're winning, in the rough part of their schedule, on the road. You know, they they won in Boston. They won in Minnesota. They won in Denver. So I, I'm not saying they're going to win the championship or anything, but they are competitive. They are going to be in the playoffs. I don't think they're, they're a team to be taken lightly and you, that you, you can just expect to roll over. And then if they lose or when they lose, it's not it. That's right. not it. The world doesn't fall apart. You go, all right, how do we, how do we take the next step?
0: And they will get better. Uh, I was in the chat talking to, uh, I forget who it was talking about a star. We need a star. I'm like, that's next year. We know that like, we're not worried about stars. We got the stars out of here. The last star that we got to figure out how to get the fuck out of here is Ben Simmons. He's the last dramatic one that the drama surrounding him. If you notice they're just they're pretty much telling you he's not coming back like J- jock vaughn was non-committal it's, it's in the the new york post net jock vaughn non-committal on ben simmons returning this season nobody cares at this point right they signed nerland's noel we'll speak on him he had some trouble honestly i was looking at Noel nerland's noel like get him off the floor and they did but like they signed a backup center because they can't rely on ben simmons to play center And I mean, I know I think the glue guys came out with a a tweet yesterday that that Twitter was not feeling about like this team. uh, And I don't want to verbatim say it, but they were like talking about how this team would be great with the old version of Ben Simmons. Stop dreaming. Stop. Stop even hoping, hoping that this guy is going to emerge as he was in 2019. It's almost impossible. So the glue guy said, I know I really shouldn't say this like just enjoy the moment but this current nets team is the perfect team to surround the old version of ben simmons that that, that where is that that doesn't exist my neck my back my neck and my back mm-hmm. the guy's got a neck injury back injury sore knee eyelash this team is winning without
2: him you think that's like they saying this team him? is the perfect team for prime michael jordan
0: you think they want to see, player see that Ben player come the off NBA. the bench and fuck this up right now with what they're figuring out edmund sumner back like they're, they're figuring out who is who, what is what, and who they can depend on on this team. Ben Simmons is not one of those guys. He wasn't in KD Kyrie era. He is it now. So they can just keep telling the media, oh, yeah, well, his back has inflammation. We're managing the back and the knee. Do that for the next two months, and the season is over. Right now, I am looking at this Nets world as a team of scrappy veterans, a coach that wants to prove something. That's a basketball guy. I can tell they're watching film. They watch film at halftime. They're not a bad second-half team. I don't ever feel like I'm really out of it. A couple weeks ago, I was like, well, they don't have a shot. right?" When the Bucks, when they played tough against the Bucs in the first half and then they crumbled in the third, I'm like, oh, these guys ain't got it. But they're, they're figuring it out. I'm cool with what I'm seeing from the Brooklyn Nets. I can root for these guys. They're getting me fired up. I said after the deadline and the way that they lost four games, like, man, I'm not pulling up the Barkley Center. The never-know Nets. They reel me back in. Let's go. Let's see what else they can do without a star. Let's see where they land in the seedings. I told y'all from the jump, all I want this team to do is better than Katie and Kyrie's team did last year. And that that to me, and that's what Hudson said, how low the bar is set, that to me is realistic. That's in our sights right now. They knocked off the number one seed in the West with the MVP. Like these guys are and feeling the number themselves. one seed in the East. They, they, knocked, the off, they knocked off the Celtics. And say what you want about the Bucs. I don't think they would have won that game, but they were, they were competing with their G League team. So I'm not putting a ceiling on what these guys can do, but I'm excited to watch the rest of this season. And I don't feel like some of these Nets fans that just, ah, oh, we're out off season or, ah, oh, Katie and Kyrie are here. No reason to watch this team. The vibes around this team are very good, very positive. Can we please show what Mikhail Bridges wrote on Instagram after the game? I like it here a lot. And that's a post from the, like, second day that Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson were here. They sent them out to do charity work in that was Brooklyn. Right at, yeah, right after the trade. They, they went were, to, uh, I don't even think they played yet. I remember the video of, of Bridges goes out. He signed his name, and he signed number 25. And and Cam Johnson clowned him like, you're not 25 anymore. You're one, bro. Get it together. These guys like it here? Well, if you listen to NBA Twitter and Nets Twitter, you would think, this is the worst organization in the world to play for. Joe Tsai and Sean Marks are terrible. No stars are ever coming here. Well, then don't send any stars. Let's keep
1: finding guys that want to play team basketball and win. Well, you, look, I, I think that post encapsulates the feeling that we're talking about right now. And Mikael Bridges is a rising star at at this moment in time. I mean, I I stated the numbers before. His game continues to grow, and he feels like he belongs here. I I, I looked at that post, and I I saw so many Suns fans in the comments upset about it because they were thinking he was coming back in in 2026. Reality is setting in. He's the cornerstone of this franchise, and they're going to build around him. Um, Some of these guys will be a part of that. But if you go also and look in those comments, i think i saw seth curry in there i saw royce o'neill in there i saw nick claxton in there i saw cam johnson in there i saw patty mills in there the entire team the entire team spence in there the entire team is 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 in the comments these guys like each other they like each other they want to play for the front of the jersey as well as the back of the jersey and (laughs) i see a, a premium chat from pimp named Slickback. he says i like cam obviously referencing thomas but I trust what JV wants to do with him. What we're doing now is working. Our new identity is defense first. We haven't been a good defensive team consistently since Kid and Mark. And here's another thing. I, I told people to stop crying about Katie and Kyrie. Stop crying about Jacques Vaughn too. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the right guy for the job. They got it right with the head coach. By the way, Sean Marks looks like the right guy to be the GM. Go ahead, Hudson.
2: Not for nothing. At what point? And we we talked about this earlier in the season during the uh, the 20 and two run. H- at what point do we reintroduce Jacques Vaughn to the coach of the year discussion? Right? I mean, not only what he did with Katie and Kyrie, but having his entire team and franchise blown up in the middle of the season. If the Nets hold on to this five seed or even they, they can rise as high as the four seed, do you have to include him in those discussions? I think you do.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, what fo- his
2: his coaching job is it's been shockingly impressive.
1: It's funny because with that like uh, microscope that comes with Katie and Kyrie, I guess some of that attention doesn't get put there. Like uh, with Claxton not necessarily being in the defensive player of the year conversations, even though really nothing has changed. But yeah, I, I, I mean, rationally, uh, uh, of course, I think that's right. And, and Keith, you had mentioned um, being better than Katie and Kyrie were last year. Team of those guys are. Right now, the Nets are ahead of both the Suns and the Mavericks in the standings. Now, some of that was work that was done earlier in the season. But if you look at it, the Mavs are not doing well. The Mavs are in danger of falling out of the play-in. Forgetting just the, the playoffs. They're in danger of falling out of the play-in. Something's up with Kyrie now. And the Suns are falling uh, into it. Yeah, and the Suns obviously don't have Kevin Durant for a stretch here and have a tough schedule coming up. And when you trade away Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and then you lose Kevin Durant, that's, that's, uh, you know, you're not going to have a deep team. That's just a, the way that, that things go. So I, I just don't know how anyone couldn't be thrilled with the current state of affairs for this team, because the only thing you're holding on to is an imaginary thing. That never was.
0: There's credit to go all around. And I like that too. It isn't just coming on the pot. Oh my God, Kyrie went off for 60. It isn't just coming on the pot. Oh, KD had 40. He's automatic, but took over the game. Like, every night, there's somebody that's catching your attention where you're like, man, like, Royce O'Neal spent time in Utah where he learned about Rudy Gobert's game. That came to play in the game against Minnesota. He, he said it in the post game. Yeah, I know his moves. I was in practice with him for four years. Like, comes in handy for us. These guys, there's there's all these um, – and, and we can go through the box score. These guys could have fumbled that game, but they – they gut it out and win. I'll take these one-point wins on teams that technically you're not supposed to beat. Um, who else balled in that game? And I and I see in the chat you guys are talking about Spencer. Please stop talking about injuries that did not happen yet. Like, why are we talking about, like, Spencer gets hurt? Who's our backup point guard? That is the doom and gloom that Nets fans need to, like, turn that shit down, right? Turn that all the way down. Nobody is getting hurt. We're fine. Ben Simmons is hurt, and that's the only injury that we really have to report. Um, okay, back to the game. Friday night, man. I ended up getting a flat tire, so I didn't get to see the fourth quarter overtime. But I went back and watched the highlights. Like I already mentioned, Royce, uh, it doesn't necessarily st- show up in the stat sheet, but him being able to guard Rudy Gobert, and, like it helps. And and you know what? As we're talking about Nerlens Noel, I think I put a tweet out. Uh, who would you like to see as the backup center more, Nerlens Noel? I know he's only four games in as a net or Dayron Sharp. I mean, honestly. Neither one, but if you can move uh, Doe or if you can move Royce to the five in some situations, I'll take it depending on who we're facing off against. And then that carried over. Like, Rudy, if you could do it to Rudy Gobert, see if you could do it to Jokic. And he could. Like, between Royce and Dorian Finney-Smith playing some minutes in the paint at the five, it works. Obviously, Nick Claxton is the guy. You're going to get some minutes with Nerlens Noel, but he's been out of the league. He's not there yet for this high competition that the Nets are facing. Like his speed obviously is more of like the Rockets game uh, or the game that you punted against the Bucks. but you know, he- he'll be there. Anybody else that you guys want to credit to? I feel like we gave some credit to Joe Harris. We gave some credit to, and not Joe Harris, not for the uh, Timberwolves game. He played eight minutes. He put up three zeros. Cam Thomas played five minutes. He had one point. Um, Seth Curry has been better after he had an absolute stinker in front of his pops. When the Charlotte Hornets came to Brooklyn, I feel like that one wore on him, and now he's more locked in. Mikael Bridges is good for thirty, and when he's not good for thirty, he's still getting twenty-five. Like his his off night is still twenty-five. Uh, Nick Claxton deserves a ton of credit for his rebounding, his scoring. Did I see him shoot a jump shot? Yes, yeah, he, had he had a mid
1: He had a midy yesterday. Nick baseline shot. J,
0: like a contested baseline J that i didn't know he had in his bag watch him though he has a lot
2: in his bag there's never remember time... like four years ago when he hit a three against the 76ers yeah it's
1: that was back. different.
2: that was young clacks that was different hype that we had seeing him do that but there's never a
0: time where that man gets the ball and he doesn't have a move ready he gets the ball in the paint and wherever the defender is he knows what move he's gonna do i was i was saying it to one of my boys i'm like man i wish i was good at basketball like that to like get the ball in a certain spot of the floor and immediately know this is the move I've worked on. This is how I'm gonna score. Nick Claxton's bag is deeper offensively
1: than people realize. Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, you know, he, he deserves a little love too. And, Three. And part, part of that is also the, I think you, we we sort of touched on this, but before you knew you had two of the. Look, I, I, we could say whatever we want. Everybody recognizes the talent of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. You had two of the, the greatest isolation scorers who have ever walked the face of the earth. And down the stretch of games, you knew that there was always a chance they could hit a, a shot and they could hit numerous shots, whatever the case may be. But watching these games, the, the, the Wolves game and the the Nuggets game specifically, it's, it's interesting to see because you're almost not relying on this team scoring necessarily <laughs> – a couple of clutch buckets, obviously the Bridges three, the, the Dorian Finney-Smith three, some of the plays that that um, Dinwiddie has set up, but it's getting stops. I mean, they're getting stops. Nas Reed hit the three to, to tie it, but for the most part, a one point lead is being held for like three consecutive possessions, and that feels foreign because I, I every time I saw those leads get cut to one, I'm like, oh, it's over, it's over. You know, they're going to come down and score on the next. No. They got to stop in Denver yesterday. They got us. I think they got to stop the ball went out of bounds. They had another chance with nine seconds left and they got another stop. (laughs) So that that's kind of cool to be able to see, because we did think this was going to be a a team with a defensive identity and and they got the doors blown off them um, after those uh, initial couple games. And I I referenced it before, but in the last six, they've been more defense in the NBA. So if that holds up um, they're talented enough offensively where They'll, they'll be in a lot a, a lot of games against almost anybody.
2: This team can also take a punch in the mouth. The Nets have been the best third-quarter team in the NBA since this trade, and that's a very weird and niche stat, I, I have to admit. But they have had their, their leads evaporate. They've had other teams go on crazy extended runs against them, and they have not wilted under that pressure. They have been able to fight back against – those runs against the, in that Nuggets game, I I know a KD and Kyrie Nets team is losing that game. When we when we would blow leads like that and, and and lose that big cushion that we had put together, that's that's a game that we would lose. And this team has shown an ability to be resilient because honestly, and, and I I don't know if I can psychoanalyze these players, but I think it's because they know that like they're mentally strong enough to know that they can come back from that because they're always expected to come back from that, right? They're always expected to work together as uh, as a team. And Robin, you made the point about defense down the stretch. One thing I think I can't remember a time when Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving passed out of a game winning shot. Not on, not, not even to each other, just passed out of a game winning shot. If Kevin Durant was on the floor, ISO Kevin Durant, let's see if he can, you know, be long enough to hit a three at the top of the key. If Kyrie Irving, let's see if he can dribble himself into oblivion, hit a step back. And, they're great at that. They are arguably two of the best players in NBA history at that. But it doesn't work always. It, it doesn't. And we lost the Bucks series because of it. And we've lost plenty of games because of it. And now we have a team where if somebody else is open, and the theory of the Nets, especially during that 7-Eleven era, is that somebody else was always going to be open, you can actually pass out and hit those open three-point shooters so that they can take the shot. They trust each other to hit shots. And when they miss them, because they will, and they have, they pick themselves up and they don't point fingers and they don't blame. And when we're looking at this season as a way to establish a good base, a good structure, a good foundation for this next era of Nets basketball, that's exactly what you want to see. You want to see a team that's fighting for each other and isn't going to get on each other in a negative way when things don't go their way. And that is invaluable clearly, because when you look at a lot of the teams, that have had success and won championships in recent years you see teams that as much as we may not like the bucks or as much as we may not like the warriors have had long-standing cores that have good cohesion and the nets having that and and growing that is is huge
1: i, I see um i referenced it before the comments under mikhail bridge's instagram post the nets just posted on twitter team chemistry and just from the screenshot that they posted cam johnson nick claxton royce o'neill Edmund Summer, Patty Mills, De'Ron De- Sharp, David Duke Jr., all in the, in the one screenshot um, from Bridges. So there you go. I mean, this is a, a team that's, that's together, uh, that likes each other, and, and is feeling th- those vibes that-, that are coming along. I-,
0: I think I said this on a podcast before they actually hit the road, that when they have these road trips, it's bonding time for these guys. They go to different cities, they go to different restaurants, they have time in between games. If it's not a back-to-back, whatever, it's a real time for these guys to bond. And you'll figure out whether you have a team that's gonna work or not. And the chemistry is showing on the floor, and these guys are taking the next step to put it on social media. A couple things. I do want Gene's comment back on the summer summer jam screen. Can we make that mm. comment big? Put Gene back on the summer jam screen. Um, and then I'll address Piper in the comments too. I'll put uh, just, the
1: next contestant on that summer jam screen.
0: He said, You dudes are zoot with that marks is good take. What do y'all what do y'all want out of Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets? Like, what, what What? honestly do you need to see or do you need to have? All things considered, the return that Sean Marks got for two players is a great haul. And if you just look at the month it's been since that decision was made, those two decisions were made, what else do you need this guy to do? What else do we, like, this is RGM GM for now. He was in the past, and he's going to get a chance in the future to work with some picks, and and like I just I, I'm over the dragging Sean Marks because in business it isn't all one sided and I understand there's so many people that want to hate on Sean Marks for losing Katie and Kyrie they weren't doing anything right now they could be they could have the same record or worse with Katie and Kyrie who knows where this would have gone and this leads me to my next point right because Piper was the one earlier in the chat talking about oh they don't have Katie Kyrie anymore you're not winning a chip you weren't winning a chip with Katie and Kyrie anyway. And he's like, oh, well, it's all about stars. We know that. But we're not winning a championship this year. We are Nets fans enjoying this ride with the team we have post-KD Kyrie era. So far, so good. I'll take it. And what I'll say is, you know, to Piper's last comment, can we stop talking about KD Kyrie so much? No. And it isn't necessarily that we're obsessed with KD Kyrie. We're talking about the Nets. They were on the team. This is the Nets. After their era, you can't just blindly talk about the team like they did not exist. So it isn't an obsession with the guys. It's the fact that this is our team, our franchise. They were a part of it for the last four years. Now we're talking about the differences we see in the team, in the roster, without them.
1: Also, the guys who are playing are all from that trade. Or those trades. Four-fifths of the starting lineup has come from those trades. So you can't talk about... You know, what you got um, without the context of what went into that. So we we all know that. Uh, As far as Sean Marks goes, what exactly did the guy do wrong? What exactly has he done wrong? You know, the... the, um, He should have gave Kyrie his extension. No, he shouldn't have. The the Ben Simmons trade, the the Harden trades, both the Harden trades, I think you could look back on. He should have forced KD to stay, even though KD was the first one to request a trade. Both of those trades for Harden, you could look back and say, were bad trades in retrospect. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm mad at him for bringing on Ben Simmons. That was stupid. But I'm mad at him for that. The the only
1: GM dumb enough. Nobody's perfect. And in the big picture, the Nets probably had one of the worst situations, if not the worst situation in basketball history, when Sean Sharks essentially took over after the KG Pierce trades with no assets. And he built them into a team that was then um desirable for start he signed Kevin Durant he signed Kyrie Irving and he acquired James Harden really the mistake is not being able to manage some of those guys to a certain extent but it's like oh you know you couldn't manage Ky- go ahead and reason with a Wolverine you know like wh- who's supposed to no manage Ky- that it's <laughs> yeah. impossible it's already happened I mean look at what's happened once you see the 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 twitch streams and all that you realize I think you, you, you sort of get the patterns when you followed it for a while. And, and, you know, I, I've, I've said it, I'm actually a little bit legitimately concerned for Kyrie. Cause I, 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 see the thoughtful, happy Kyrie. And then I see the, like, um, like, I don't know what you call it. The maniac or whatever, the one who's like ranting and raving about the world against him and how everybody's out to get him Kyrie and the, the mannerisms and the delivery are different but we, we've seen it before like it was like all right everything's good and then all of a sudden there's some sort of post or there's some sort of stream and it's like um compensatory need to to stir ish up and whatever the i i don't want to i don't want to hammer that point home because I, I have moved on from from being concerned about that i'm just um trying to emphasize that nobody whether it's the mavericks or the cavaliers or the celtics or the nets has been successful in, in harnessing that effectively. That's a Kyrie issue, not a Sean Marks issue. Uh, the the KD thing was tied to Kyrie, obviously, to a certain extent, whether he says it or not. Um, and now, having had those guys on the roster, whether those guys actually won, having had them on the roster, allowed Sean Marks to then retool the roster. Because you're not in the situation you're in now without those guys on the team, because – you know, Dor- whether Kyrie was on the last year's deal or not, you still got Spence and Dorian Finney-Smith, two starters right now, and a first-round pick. And then, because of KD, you got four first-round picks, Cam Johnson, a possible core part of your future, and Mikhail Bridges, the centerpiece of the franchise at this moment. That doesn't happen without those guys on the roster either. So, simply by having them, what was also a, um, a, a move that Sean Marks was able to, to flip.
2: And also I want to extend that comment to Joe Sai. I don't I don't understand. I'm gonna ignore all of the people that say Joe Sai should leave because that's just a gibberish take and doesn't mean anything. What is it that you wanted Joe Sai to do in this situation? Just in the same way we asked, what did you want Sean Marks to do? What did you want Joe Sai to do? Did you want Joe Sai to pay Kyrie Irving from a basketball perspective? What is that gonna get you? He plays 48% of games, and that was a declining figure. Bad business. Clearly getting worse. That's bad business. What did you want him to do? Did you want him to force KD to stay on the Nets and win what? And win what? I don't Can't think— Can't do that. KD Ka- what, what doesn't
0: think... do that. KD always runs and joins the next super the, team.
2: The, the purpose of a NBA governor or owner, whatever you want to call them, is to increase the value of the franchise— there's a lot of other things that they do but their sole job because for them and all of them it is an investment their job is to increase the value of the franchise over time and josai has done that the nets world as we like to say has been built we are in a position now where we are a global a globally recognized a globally known entity and we can command the type of respect around the league around from the players in the league that a globally respected entity deserves. And I don't want to put our guy on blast again, but can you throw, uh, Alex, can you throw uh, John's side chat up in there? I know, I think Keith wants to say something about it too. He says, in regards to what did Marks do wrong, let's start with hiring Nash, blowing up the team that went to the second round and letting key players walk, such as Uncle Jeff and Bruce Brown. <laughs> the Denver Nugnets. <laughs> I, on On one hand, on one hand, you could say that. You could say that that team was an injury away from winning a championship. And maybe they were, but Bruce Brown didn't want to stay on the nets and Uncle Jeff is old. Hiring Steve Steve Nash was clearly an L, but the logic was there. It's it's I understand that the NBA is a results-driven business and it, and it is, and, it, and everyone will be judged on the outcomes of things. But when it comes down to it, it was, I think it was three weeks, three years ago last week that they announced the Steve Nash hiring. And Keith and I were ecstatic. And the argument was there, right? You have, you bring in a former all-time great, an all-time great, a hall of famer, a two-time MVP to coach MVPs, to coach hall of famers, to coach all-stars. And I find it hard to criticize him for that. I'm sure there were other things His lack of a coaching resume was there, but there's a logic there and, and it's, it just doesn't make much sense to me to point to ownership and the GM as being somehow at fault for the Nets, what, not winning a championship when all their stars are hurt. I I don't, I just don't get it. Robin, I think you're on mute.
1: He's not perfect. Right. Um, Sean Marks, who who Keith is holding up a picture next to (laughs) no no one said he's perfect, (laughs) but, um, First of all, and I loved what Jeff Green brought to the Nets when he's here. I loved it. He's played on 20 teams. Jeff Green's been on 20 teams. You know, whatever it is. It, it's it I think it is legitimately like close to double figures right now. Uh is Bruce Brown better than Royce O'Neal? I I don't know nah, if you can yeah, bro, I mean, we
0: had to get rid of Bruce. Like, what are I mean, we talking so about? These, these are like s- talking about we're talking about <laughs> Jeff Green and Bruce Brown right now, and That's- these are the same people talking
1: about championships. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Alex, our producer, writes in something about he's better than Patty. Patty Mills is a good person to have on the <laughs> roster. I, I like Patty. M- Shout I, out I, to Patty for the Bugs game. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of people complaining about Patty, too. He's like he, – he barely plays. Every time he plays, he's ready to go. And he's a chemistry builder. And, again, another note to that chemistry, Edmund Sumner replied to – first of all, he doesn't know that you have to put a period in front of somebody, somebody's name if you want everybody to see the uh, tweet, but – he quote tweeted the Nets tweet about the chemistry that I referenced before. Bridges, I, I like it here a lot. Uh, Instagram posts with all the, the Nets commenting under it. And Sumner said, Mikael Bridges is the same humble person he was back at Villanova. Hasn't changed no matter much, how much success he's having. Can't help but celebrate his success. He's doing it at a high level respect. Been there. And then Bridges said, my dog, uh, on, on top of it. So, you know, who show yourselves. If you don't like this team, like what is it about this team that is not to like? That's what I don't uh, understand. This fan base just has
0: too many anonymous weirdos that like never show their face and just want to always talk about something in the negative. It just always has to be something that they don't like. The never happy Nets fans. Like I've I've been going through this for a long time. Can never just be like, hey, all things considered, this ain't bad. This is all right. Let's play this voicemail so we can get out of here. We only have one voicemail. We're looking for some reviews. So if you're listening and you're on Apple, pause. Go write that review. Come back
3: and finish this episode. I believe. Do you believe? Shout out to Talk and that Shout out to Keith and the rest of the panel. Hudson and Rob, I believe. Shout out to you guys. I believe. Do you believe? Do you Net fans all outside? Believe. We should believe. Chuck Vaughn is staring the ship. He's seen the iceberg in the middle of the ocean. He whipped the ship, named champion, a championship. He whipped it around that iceberg. Got us winning five out of six. The next fans is still mad we lost that buck game because we had ninety-eight points coming from the bench that shows that if net jock needs to go to the bench, we can score on the bench and that's Seth Curry and Cam Thomas. Him Kim Thomas not getting minutes right now. Makes a lot of sense. I like the Titan rotation that Jacques Vaughn did. I'm impressed. I won't say a lot because I'm actually watching the show right now. So shout out to you guys. Big fan breeze. Um, yeah, man. Nets fans is the best fans. We outshare. And I think that we should be taken seriously as competitors. But we a lot of the NBA is going to look over us. And I'm going to say right now, we are the favorite underdogs. We're not the favorites. we underdogs. But we're the favorite underdogs. So, yeah, man, I'm here, man. Shout out to the Nets. <laughs> Big I, fan
1: Breezy, well done. I see Alex Gonzalez writes a um, uh, comment, and, and I wanted to get, get it in real quick before we got out of here. Nets fans got that Yankee title or bus mentality. It shouldn't be that way. I, I responded to a tweet yesterday. I believe it was from Jay and BK. But basically he said, because I, I had said, like, I, I love this Nets team or whatever, let's go. And he's like, well, the only thing that matters is a championship. And as I've gotten older, that's not true. Uh, that's not true at all. The only none thing- of the net seasons have ever mattered. That's <laughs> yeah, <exactly. since> Julius <laughs> Irving. Exactly. So, of course, the goal is to win a championship, right? The goal is to, to eventually win a championship. The job of management is to put the team in the best position to win a championship on a consistent basis, right? That That's clear. However, however only one team wins a championship every year. And if the championship is the only thing that matters – then you are setting yourself up for disappointment. Because you know what does matter? Being excited to watch the team play. Oh, I'm oh, play? no, not playing now. They're playing tomorrow. All right, got to watch them. J- let's go Nets in my basement, watching the game with my kids. You know, seeing the, the 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 team rally around each other, winning more games than you lose, envisioning what the next move that could be, that happens, that puts you uh, into to championship. All of those things do, in fact, matter. Um, and again, the the championship that the Nets supposedly won didn't happen either, guys. They, there was no championship. Uh, Eddie Gonzalez-Bansky uh, uh, replied to something I said about the Nets winning the, the trade the other day on Twitter. And he said, you could put that next to the, the Jay-Z uh, concert banners. And then, and then somebody else replied, I wish I could find the guy's name real quick. Uh, it said Jay Z put up more banners at Barclays than Kevin did. You know, like that. That's the other part of it as well. Like maybe they could have. And, and it's always it's always a benefit that Kevin Durant wore a Nets jersey. Um, and, and brought that that prestige to the Barclays Center, to the organization, to the franchise. Uh, he, that meant a lot. I do think when you you wind up looking back, but it's not like you threw away a championship for this current version. And this current version feels like more than a championship matters. When it did feel like the only successful result was a championship and that didn't happen. And it didn't happen, but it also felt a little hopeless at times
2: for a lot of times before the trade, quite frankly, it felt a little hopeless because I knew we weren't giving Kyrie the max. So I knew he was gone and I thought, well, that's probably going to be Katie following with him. If you are in a position where you are thinking the only successful outcome is a championship, you are destined to be disappointed. We just want to have hope as sports fans. That's all we want. We all want to be in a team where we can hope, whether it's you're a Spurs fan and you're hoping you get Wembenyama or you're you know, a Bucks fan and you're hoping for a championship. The Nets are in a position where we can hope and we can hope to have a good showing, a proud showing in this playoffs, and then we can hope to put ourselves in a position to win a championship. But this last era, I can't help but feel was a little hopeless at times, especially when the Stars weren't playing and they didn't play so often. And we're in a position now where we have hope and we have a young team, an exciting team, a team that we can root for. And look, I hate to say it, just like Joe Sy said, Brooklyn wants this team. Brooklyn wants this team to win. They like this team. This is Brooklyn's team. And it's just a great, it's a great vibe around the team. And at this point, what is there left to complain about, quite frankly? All right, to wrap this up in the next two
0: minutes, some news just came in from Brian Lewis. New Noel's 10-day ostensibly ends on Wednesday, so he can play tomorrow at the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Nets would need to make a decision whether to let him go or sign him to a second 10-day contract. Brooklyn hosts the Kings on Thursday. Yo, shout out to Kessler Edwards. That just made me think about... Uh, Kessler Edwards and the video I saw of him getting defensive player of the game. I'm happy for that young man. He's got an opportunity for a while. uh, He didn't really get a shot this early on in the season after contributing a little bit last year. He goes over there. He's with a young team that's emerging. Congrats to him. I'm not mad at Sean Marks for letting him go. That one kind of goes by the wayside with the rest of the uh, trade deadline stuff. But uh, the, the last thing I'll say is this. Like, you can't please everybody, right? I'm talking about these Nets fans. There's, there's Nets fans that I, I guess are just, like, stands in the Nets world where, like, we're winning, and, and they're upset about Cam Thomas. I, like, come on, yo. We're winning. And the, there are people coming at Sean Marks still for what happened a month ago. We're winning, and people are saying that Joe Sy should sell, sell the team. So you can't make everyone happy. It is what it is. Last but not least, let's go to the standings to just remind everyone, right? Uh, The Celtics up there at number two, their fans are scrambling right now. They're 6-4 and in their last 10. The 76ers, uh, I guess their fans are all right with what they have, but reports are James Harden wants to go back to Houston. So if they don't win a championship this year, uh, what about the process? The Cavaliers, they are a shaky four-seat. They could stay there. They could potentially
2: fall back. But you're Brooklyn. We've also got two games against them coming up.
0: Yeah, and, and we'll see what they're actually really about. Uh, shout out to Jared Allen. I feel bad for our guy, Big J, but Bam Adebayo hit him in the eye, and he had no smoke for him. I, I think he was really hurt. We always called Big J a gentle giant. I, I felt bad to see him walk off with help, uh, and I don't know how long he's out, but he's effective. Your nets are in fifth place. I told you guys, hey, let the Knicks fans have their party. Uh, they had a nine-game win streak. The, the city is back under old management. Let them have their fun with all of that. It was part of it. But now that's done. Jalen Brunson is hurt, and they're scrambling a bit. They get a win last night against the Lakers, but the Lakers are without LeBron. Think about what Lakers fans feel this season, right? As we're talking about Nets fans and their expectations, think about what these Lakers fans are feeling. All they got was uh, LeBron breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record in a Pau Gasol jersey retirement this year. And... uh Other than that, man, coming up, the next few games, which we already just mentioned one, um, and that'll be when the the Nets actually return home. But tomorrow they'll face the Oklahoma City Thunder, very winnable game. Then they face the Beam team. Let's see what the Kings look like when they come to New York. Then we run it right back with the Nuggets in Brooklyn. So I know I said, "Ah, I'm not going to the game. That Thursday game and that Sunday game, they look really interesting if you're interested in going, seeing some live Brooklyn Nets basketball. Then we've got the home at home with the Cavs. So we're gonna figure out a lot coming up real soon. Any last words, guys? Let's go, Nets. Send us out, Keith. That's all we've got. It could be a lot worse. All things considered, the Never Know Nets are winners right now. And yes, they are probably the number one team as far as looking at teams to upset teams that can scare a top seed, teams that like you don't want to face in the first round. They're looking like that team. I'll take that. Our world, Nets world. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.